listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening, this is Shereen Rice of Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. My goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. I'm going to make a shout-out tonight to one of my new listeners, Rich from Cedar City. Rich, thank you for listening. And to continue on, if you are listening and you would like to call in, please call in on 917-889-8078. And if you'd like to email me at any time, you can email me at Shereen, S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to remind everyone that our show tonight, our show is on every Thursday night now, starting at either 6 Pacific, 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 o'clock, of course, Eastern. My show is also heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you don't have a direct link to those services, um, CWR homepage does. So just uh, go to cwrtopnetworks.com and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. And we will have, tonight we will have Lionel Shipman on. And let me show you share a little bit about him. Lionel Shipman is an empowerment consultant and speaker with Shipman Consulting a financial and life empowerment company focusing on educating, motivating, and empowering people to improve their financial outlook and provide life lessons to help them live life to the fullest. Lionel facilitates seminars and workshops in the areas of financial literacy, business, banking, and life skills for churches, businesses, high schools, and colleges. He is engaging... Sorry. He is an engaging speaker for conferences, panel discussions, assemblies, motivational sessions, and other events. He also has a radio show, a radio show host, actually with me. He's a, He has one on the same channel I do. So it's called the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances Show on the CWR Talk Network. And the author, he's also an author of a relationship communication book titled Sacred Vows, The Knot, K-N-O-T, or Not, N-O-T. And he has a website if you'd like to look that up. And that is shipmentconsulting.com. And I'm going to go to a public service announcement right now. So we will talk to him as soon as we return. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network.
Lionel, how are you tonight? I am doing wonderful, Shereen. Thank you so much for uh, for the invite. Awesome, awesome. And you are welcome. Okay, I just have a few questions for you. Um, the first one, something that you have shared with me before, on um, on before we get married financially, uh, what is the best thing to do in your opinion based on your experience? Oh, wow. Uh, what, what I suggest you do before you get married regarding finances. Ah. Well, let me say this first and foremost. Uh, marriage, to me, is one of the greatest experiences in life. And because it is one of the greatest experiences in life, I don't think that it should be entered into lightly. Uh, I know we live in a society now where people uh, enter marriages at a drop of a hat. Uh, if you go yeah. to Las Vegas right, you go to Las Vegas right now, you find people getting married in the little chapel, probably right now as we speak. So I hold marriage very high, uh, and because it is one of those greatest experiences in life, and uh, I look at it because it's a commitment between two people. Uh, you're sharing the most intimate love as we know it here on the earth. And it is yeah. a, I call it a blending and a growing together of two people. So before you walk down the aisle, before you get married, I would recommend as what I did. I had premarital counseling, my wife and I, and it allowed us to sit down and really get a grip on who we are as people, uh, as an individual person, our beliefs, our value system, our likes, our dislikes, and and for sure, we dealt with our finances. Now, unlike a lot of other people that I've spoken with, um, they never really talked about finances before they got married. And I encourage people to talk about their finances. I mean, using myself as an example, me me and my wife, my wife and I, we've been married now for 19 years. Uh, over 19 years, and before we uh, walked down that aisle and got married, we laid out everything regarding our finances. I knew how much money she made. She knew how much money I made. She knew my credit history. I knew her credit history. Uh, I knew her budget. She knew my budget. And part of those premarital counseling sessions were we both had to sit down and do a budget together. So Everything was laid out on the on the table, so that's what I guess one of the things that I would suggest is make sure that you have some form of premarital counseling, uh, have some method where you can sit down with someone and walk through some of these things before you get married. But especially from a financial standpoint, it's best to know the financial history, the the financial mindset of the person that you're wanting to marry before you walk down that aisle. I agree 100%. And um, I really like that idea. And I'm not sure if you know this, but I live uh, not too far down from Vegas. So I bet you're right. There's people getting married in those little chapels right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number two, what are your thoughts on what works best for marriage uh, financially um, speaking? 
there's probably different aspects. Okay. Um, what what best? Um, I, I use I, I use my examples, I guess, from my book, uh, Sacred Vows, The Not a Knot, uh, as a reference point. Uh, in the book, there's a section that deals with uh, finances. And one key thing that I would suggest regarding your finances uh, when you get into a relationship, when you're in your marriage, is to realize that it's a joint operation and joint management of all the money. I guess I'm a little bit old school or a little bit uh, old-fashioned when I say that uh, when I got married to my wife, whatever money and whatever debt that she had became mine and vice versa. So we had everything jointly, and we operated that way. But one thing that I would, I would recommend to listeners, to anyone, make sure you have established roles and responsibilities. To me, that's, that is one big conflict or uh, that will cause a conflict in a lot of relationships is there are no defined roles or responsibilities, especially around money. You know, you, you make money and you spend money. You don't think about the future. You don't think about retirement. You don't think about all these other things that come along with it. But when you have a defined role and responsibility, and it's a rolling joke in my, uh, with me and my wife, now, I have the financial background professionally, and my wife, she's a nurse, so she knows health and medical. But here in the house, she writes uh, the check to make sure that all the bills are taken care of. My job is to view the statements to make sure that they are correct. My job is to oversee our retirement account. So we do have different roles and responsibilities, and even though she may not be professionally uh, uh, knowledgeable when it comes to finances, she knows how to take care of that role here in our relationship. So uh, we both have accountability to each other. So if you don't have the roles and responsibility, I would suggest make sure you establish those roles. Who's going to do what with your finances? And if all else fail, if both of you cannot manage money effectively, or you're getting on each other's nerves with one being a spender, one being a saver, uh, well, seek professional help. There are a lot of financial counselors out there uh, that you can get help in making sure that your home, uh, your relationship, uh, your finances uh, come together in order. I also recommend or suggest uh, going to workshops and seminars, and I always have to put this plug in, uh, attend my workshops and my seminars. I do a number of them uh, throughout the year, teaching people about the basics of money management. And here recently, I was up in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, for a marriage conference, and I did the financial segment because finance is so important. Marriage. And lastly, hey, Kyle, I would I say. Know one question. Um, are uh-huh. your are those online? Uh, are your seminars online? Where can people find those? Uh, when, some of those I put online. Uh, when I when I go <laughs> off for invites, I would put the date that I will be at some of those. I don't have a calendar put up as of yet. I'm a little bit behind of of getting that out on my site. 
But I always recommend that people will just visit the site and definitely uh, connect with me via social media, Facebook, Twitter, different things. Whenever I do have those speaking engagements, I do flood them on social media as well as on my website when they come up. Okay, great. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. Continue. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure people knew where to find that. Okay. 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 Oh, great. Thank you. Uh, And I was saying, like, lastly, I would suggest uh, regarding your finances, you know, in a marriage, read books. Read, Read to each other, you know. I'm a big reader here in in, our, in my home, and I read different financial books from other financial professionals uh, because there's always different ways uh, to accomplish some of your financial goals if you've established them or to help you create financial goals. So learn to read together. Any type of information that you learn, make sure you share that with your spouse and vice versa. And always, I cannot express this enough, communicate, communicate, communicate. I don't think that you can over-communicate in a relationship, and especially around I finance. agree. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we, we have something that my wife and I, we've been doing this for years. We call it our powwow moment. Those are times that we have set aside on a month-by-month basis where we come together and we talk about what we spent, what we have, what we have going on currently, and what we plan to do in the future. And we, if there are some things that we should have done, we talk about why it wasn't done. So we hold each other accountable, but at the same time, there are times when we both may have overspent. So it's a time to come together and say, okay, here's where we are Here's where we need to be. Here's some things that we lacked, and here's some things that we've been successful in. But we do it on a consistent basis where we keep each other in tune, on track uh, with our finances. And like I said, communicate, communicate, communicate. My wife is not big on wanting to hear about the different mutual funds and things like that that I have in, that we have in investment accounts. But I share those things with her because I want to be accountable to her that she knows what's going on with the both of us regarding our finances. So, so that's it in a nutshell. But the, the biggest emphasis I would say here is communicate. You've got to talk. You've got to express yourself, your opinions, your thoughts, your suggestions. All of that matters, and it should matter between both uh, people. So, Right. Right. And then, um, and one of my other questions for you was, and what if there's a breakdown in a relationship? And, um, uh, you know, I work with abused women. So what would you suggest to um, abused women who are financially abused by either uh, not having a job or um, financially abused by not having access to funds or or being shamed by funds, and they let's just say they want to get out of the relationship. What would be your suggestion on how to do that financially? Okay. Uh, let me start off by saying this, uh, saying that I was raised to hold women in the highest respect and the highest regard. 
Yes. Never should abuse physically, emotionally, financially be tolerated or accepted. I want to state that anytime I have an opportunity to say that, I want to say that first and foremost. Abuse of any nature should not be tolerated or accepted. It is absolutely wrong. Um, Unfortunately, uh, situations happen and for women and especially those that are, are not the breadwinners of their household and they're, you know, in a relationship where they're pretty much at the mercy of their spouse for monies and funds. Uh, I'm just trying to give some thought to that. Well, I, I have some uh, answers or some, uh, some solutions to look at. First of all, seek help. Uh, seek counseling uh, to get yourself from that environment. Uh, from a financial standpoint, I would recommend uh, opening up an account just in your name at a different bank. Uh, get some funds and be able to place funds into a totally separate account, especially if you're leaving the relationship or you have left the relationship. Get accounts in your own name and your own name only. Um if you're in a relationship, yeah, and if you are in a relationship and that may be the next step, uh, go ahead and do the same thing. Open up accounts, move monies over because you want to make sure, especially if there are children involved, you want to make sure that you and your children are taken care of, you know, from the housing standpoint, food standpoint, clothing standpoint. So make sure that you're able to move money into a totally separate account. Like I said, move it to an entirely different bank uh, or, or, or credit union, totally. Right. And I would even recommend asking a relative or a close friend to open up accounts for you. You know, totally different place. Can't be tracked. Can't be, you know, right. necessarily found in that regard. And That's uh, a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And also, too, this is something that came to mind, getting prepaid cards or gift cards as a means of buying things. Uh, if you're you know, able to transfer money over so you don't have to write checks, uh, you can use a prepaid card or gift cards that you don't have to worry about a credit card you know, or a trail of, of purchases you can do all those purchases by a gift card or a prepaid card uh, that you buy, you load it, and then you spend it, and the only tracking is with, with you, with your receipts. And uh, lastly, I would just say seek out organizations that, uh, that can hopefully help provide some of those services or show you ways of offering those services uh, that only – uh, only for your eyes and for your operation only. Yeah, very good. Yeah, you gave us some good information there. Uh, now, um, another question, since you are like the financial guru of all time, in my opinion, because <laughs> I've listened to your show a few times, um, what, were, what are some tips or tricks or secrets you'd like to share with us, my 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 listeners. Okay. 
some tips, financial tips? Uh, yeah. It, okay. I, I, this is a great little exercise. Uh, I, I, I did a show uh, on, on, on my radio show that talked about transparency and being open and honest with yourself when it, regarding your finances. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the hardest part. <laughs> yes, it is. You, you, know, you, you know, every day when you get up in the morning, Shereen and most of the listeners, one thing that we all do before we leave our house, we look in the mirror first. We always want to see yeah. how we address we like to see how we look, make sure the hair is fixed right, where in my case I have a bald head, so I don't have to worry about that part. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But, yeah, yeah, but I, I want to make sure that I'm dressed and I look good. Even if it doesn't look good to someone else, I like to look good for myself. Well, we need to look in the mirror at ourselves financially. So one of my tips would be, how can I look at myself financially, meaning just totally be transparent of where I am, how can I assess my financial outlook right now? Well, there are a couple of things that you can do. I mean, there are many, but I'm going to mention this, this too. If we can write down all of our debts that we have, you know, a lot of times we don't do that. We don't. We say we want to get out of debt, or you know, you would like to get out of debt one day, or you don't even know how much debt that you're in because you don't want to see how that looks. Well, let's be transparent. Mm-hmm. A great financial tip would be, let's learn how we, as much as we look, we like to look at ourselves in the mirror when we dress up with the best outfit that we like to wear and we are dolled up and everything. Well, let's get dolled up when it comes to our finances. But the only way to do that. Write down all of the debts that you owe, every credit card, house, mortgage, uh, any any student loans. Write down all these uh, uh, debts on a sheet of paper so you can see exactly how you stand from a debt standpoint. And I'm going to sum it up. Make a plan to pay it off. Because when you, when you get to the point where you can start seeing that debt go down, you will not believe how, how, uh, uh, how wonderful that will make you feel when you can see that your debts are being paid off. And especially when you pay that first one off, you're talking about burdens lifted off of you. It's almost like yeah. looking at yourself in a mirror. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, Wow. I look fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning, you know, I think about if you want to work out, you want to build up your muscles. Well, after about a week or two, you can't really tell too much. But if you continue to do right. that, you're going to, you're going to see the structure of your arm come in. You see the structure of your leg, the definition in, your, in your, your core begins to get to where you desire it to be. That's the same way it is financially. So if you want to look good financially, be transparent. Take a look at where you are from a debt standpoint and then begin to do something about it. Then number two would be budgeting. Everybody thinks budgeting is a bad word. It's really not a bad word. <laughs> it's, it's the way you look at it, okay? 
budgeting for the most part. Most people think, well, if I budget, it's going to tell me what to do. No, budgeting tells you not only it, it goes beyond it. it ta- most people think, well, if I budget, it's going. I can't do much if I if I budget. It's going to tell me what I can't have, what I can't do, where I can't go, what I can't buy. Let's flip that. If you utilize the budget, that means I'm taking an account of my income and my expenses. And if I have money left over, now it's telling me what I can do with my money. And if you put those two things uh, working at the same time, looking at your debts, begin to pay those off while you're operating a budget, you will become one of the most attractive beautiful people in the world. That's if we want to be that person. So that would be my yeah. two financial tips right there. Just like you want to look look good for yourself when you go out and go buy clothes, when you exercise to look good, when you look in the mirror before you exit the home, do the same things financially, and you'll find out just how beautiful you can become financially in your life. Wow, I love that. That's great. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go to a public service announcement. I'll be right back with uh, Lionel Shipman and some more tips and tricks about finance. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back uh, to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. And this is Shereen Rice, and I'm talking to Lionel Shipman. Um, Lionel, I have to tell you that I really enjoyed the part about um, when you pay things off, it makes you feel really good inside, and to write all your debts down, I think that's wonderful. Now, I personally do set a budget, but I don't write my debts down. <laughs> <laughs> So I can work on that. But that being said, I'm working at paying off, you know, everything little by little. And it does. It does make you feel really good. Yeah, I mean, you think about uh, I have when I work with people either individually or in a uh, seminar workshop type of uh, uh, setup, I have a spreadsheet uh, where it itemizes out everything, meaning I, I go in, I go detail. I, I, because in doing this, I'm teaching people how to view their overall finances. Because a lot of time when I say write down all your debts, I'm teaching you something that you don't even realize that you that you're doing when I take people through this exercise. If I ask the average person 
what is your rate on your mortgage? A lot of times people can't tell you unless they have just refinanced or just bought a home. Nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. they don't know what mortgage rate they're paying. If mm-hmm. I ask them, if I ask them, well, what is the billing cycle on your utility bill? Is it 28 days? Is it 30 days? Is it 32 days? They really can't tell you that. So I teach people to think about almost every aspect when it involves money in their lives. You know, when you look at your mortgage payment, your mortgage payment, what is it made up of? You have principal, you have interest, then you have monies that's escrow, you know, for your taxes, for your insurance. So I teach people a lot more than just the numbers that they see. You begin to look at and look at credit a whole lot differently going forward. When right. people have a credit, yeah, when people have a credit card, uh, what is the rate on your credit card? Most of the people can't tell you. I said, well, well, what is the month of payment? Oh, it, they just tell me to pay $25 a month. Well, depending upon the balance that you have, paying $25 a month, it could take you five years to actually pay off that credit card. So well, and it's my I understanding teach. if you pay the minimum, you can never pay it off because it's basically just paying your um, interest. Well, you're paying very little toward principal, and the principal is what's bringing down that balance. Take, yeah. On average, this is yeah, this is proven statistically. If you take an average five, maybe six thousand dollar credit balance, that's paying maybe an interest rate of eighteen to twenty one percent APR annual percentage rate, and the credit card companies say you pay 20 to $25 uh, a month. Yes, it would take you beyond, it would take you almost 10 years to pay that balance off because nine times out of 10, we're still utilizing the card, and we're only paying down so much principal out of that monthly payment. You might have out of the $20 a month payment, principal may only be going to $8 or just say if it was $10. You still got $10 of interest that's being paid out, and that's money to that uh, credit card company. So so these are things things that I I teach people, not just paying down the debt, but I I, I teach you about understanding how debt works. So the next time you go and buy a car, you don't focus just on the monthly payment. You want to focus on the term. You want to focus on on the down payment. You want to focus in on the interest rate and any of the other dealer fees that are applied. So I teach you to think about all these things and to, to sum it up with six words, change your mindset, change your life. Right. If I can change, if I can change the way you think about money right now, it'll change your life in the future. So that's what I try to do when I teach people. Yeah. And what do you? How do you suggest that changing your mindset? Change uh, your mindset towards paying things off and not buying things, or? Yes, you know, we in society now, and it's been this way for several years, uh, and this is no hit against. Uh, uh, 
companies that market products. They're in business to sell a product. Uh, They're in business to make money and make a profit. But we are enticed so much. We're inundated with advertisement to buy, to buy, to buy. To they, they tell us that we deserve to have it, and then they make these commercials so approachable, so inviting, that you can envision yourself in that car. <laughs> you envision yes, yourself on the they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they make it seem like, oh, you can get that car, put the top down, let the wind blow through your hair. You can see yourself on the beach or a skiing down the slopes because you deserve it. You have worked hard. You deserve to go out and buy that purse, buy those clothes, those shoes. You deserve to have that entertainment system with the surround sound, with the huge 100-inch television, with all the, the, the gimmicks and everything else. It, that's what they feed on. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm saying don't always fall for that. My dad yeah. ta- taught me. My dad told me this years ago when I was growing up. I didn't understand it until I became an adult. But uh, he said, you cannot live a champagne life on a beer budget. <laughs> <laughs> we try off there, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we, we try very hard. We try, and, you know, we try, we try to compete with other people. If the neighbor has a new car, I go get a new car. If my friend get a new home, I have to get a new home. And and nine times out of ten, it has to be a, just a little bit bigger. It has to be just a little bit more expensive. And that's what I mean by changing your mindset. I often tell people, I'm not here to kill your dream. I'm not here to tell you what you can't have in life. I want all of us to live life to the fullest. I want all of us to be able to enjoy, to to earn your money, to save your money, to enjoy, to give to other people or other organizations. But we have to change the way we think about it because if mm-hmm. we continue down the track to where millions of people have been down before and millions, millions of people are headed even right now, They're living paycheck to paycheck, which can be a miserable life. Because if there's a hiccup one month, you're in trouble. Do you know that that there was a survey even on last year that the average person, average working person, don't have an emergency fund, meaning if something came up, for an emergency in their home, the average person cannot come up with with a thousand dollars or even fifteen hundred dollars. I found that to be very sad. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and some of these people, some of these people, Shireen, uh, they're making a lot of money. I've seen and I've worked with people six figure income. And their lives are just as worse as a person making fifty thousand dollars or twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah. Their mindset hasn't changed. Well, when you get into the mindset and you begin to educate yourself and learn how to control money and don't allow money to control you, it'll change your life. 
I'm, I am a good example. I use myself as an example. When I came out of college, Shereen, I was ignorant to how to manage money. I had six credit cards coming out of college. I had MasterCard. I had Visa. I had Discover. I had all those gas cards. And the one thing that came out of that, I discovered that I was awful when it came to operating money. And I was very fortunate to start my career in banking, and I learned that how to manage money. I paid off of all my credit cards, and I even got to the point to where I don't even, even to this day, I don't carry a balance on my credit card. I pay it off every month. I closed up some credit cards. I said, no, I don't want to be tempted in that fashion anymore. And, uh, and and so, but at the same time, I am enjoying life to the fullest. I travel well. I buy well. I provide for my family. I have two girls. Uh, one's a senior in high school. One's a junior in high school. I'm teaching them the same mindset regarding money. You can have the best life, but you have to be able to control and manage your money well. And when you can control and manage your money well, you can have a great life. Yeah. You can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. Now, I have a question for you. Um, a friend of mine in, at work and I were talking about this recently. Um, I, I have a low balance on my, my home. And he said, and I said, yeah, but I kind of want to redo my kitchen and a bathroom and stuff like that. And uh, I like to do things little by little. I don't like to do things, you know, you know, save the money for it, do it, and so forth. But mm-hmm. I'm having a problem finding people who want to do small projects because, you know, I have maybe the floor done in the kitchen and then I have the floor done in the bathroom. And Anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm having a problem with that. I mean, they'll carpet my whole house, which I've had done recently, but... Um, I can't find anyone, you know. Anyway, so he said, well, there's this thing called, and I can't remember the name, but maybe you'll know what it is. It's a credit card that you take out on your on the equity in your house. And I said, and how do you pay that credit card off? <laughs> and what if I put $10,000 on that credit card? How does that, you know, work? What, what would you suggest um, in that case? Well, I'm a big proponent of saving up to do the project. I just say, for instance, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just say, if, just say, for instance, if you wanted to do, let's say, your, your kitchen, you know, you wanted yeah. to put in new countertops uh, in the kitchen and your bathroom, you know, just, just, just take that for an example. Yeah. Uh, go and get, I would always recommend get at least three to four estimates to see how much would that job cost just to get a feel of okay. how much it'll cost. Let's okay. just say to do that, it will cost you, on average, five or $6,000, okay? Uh, is it a necessity right now today? No. So let's say, how can I get, how can I save up five to $6,000 to get this job done? And it could be six months. It could be eight months. In some cases, it could be four months. Well, 
put aside what can I or look at what can I cut back on to help save money to help pay for this project that I want because now I'm making that project a priority over these other discretionary things that are in my life. You know, instead of going to Starbucks every day, spending five, six bucks, you decide, well, let me make coffee at home. Well, that's $5 a day. Five times five is 25 on average. 25 times four, that's $100 a month that I'm saving to go toward that project. And then there are other things that you can do to help put money aside to get there. And over time, based upon how you can adjust monies put to the side, you'll be surprised how fast you can come to that dollar amount. Then you can go back to that person that had the best, they can offer you the best, it's the best price, and then you can negotiate the cost, and now you have the money to pay for it. That's one way. It's, yeah. To me, it's called delayed, it's called delayed gratification. If it's not a if it's not a dire need right now, I would say consider doing it that route. Okay? That's yeah. one part. Okay? That's one way. Uh, you're asking in particular, you mentioned about the credit card using your home. That's actually a home equity line of credit. Uh, HELOC. Uh, oh, yeah. He got a HELOC, right? He did. Yeah. yeah that's, I, I'm a former banker. I used to do them all the time. <laughs> So it's basically using the equity in your home uh, uh, for that credit card or that loan balance. It's actually a loan against your home. And And so does that go in the mortgage, or how does that even work? It it would be a mortgage. Let's just say your home is valued at $200,000, and you owe let's say $100,000, depending upon the appraisal of your home, whatever the difference between the appraised value and how much you owe to a certain percent, they will give you money. So let's just use, for example, your home is appraised at 200000 You have a mortgage balance of 100000 which leaves 100000 equity. But most banks will not just give you uh, a loan of a hundred thousand. They take a certain percentage of that home of that hundred thousand of equity, and whatever that is, let's just say it will be seventy thousand dollars. So then they will give you a seventy thousand dollar loan, or it looks it operates similar to a credit card. So you have a seventy thousand dollar credit limit. So then mm-hmm. if, you want, if you want to go get your home redone and it costs $10,000, you pull 10000 off of that 70000 and you pay an interest on that $10,000 or depending upon how, it's, uh, how the interest rate is, uh, is based upon what you pull off and that you would pay that until you pay that balance off. That's basically what he's uh, the the person is probably recommending you do. A lot of people use HELOCs or home equity lines of credit to take care of small projects in and around their yeah. homes. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a bad way of doing it. I can't say it's a bad way of doing it. It works. I have actually used a home equity line of credit for some things. At the same time, uh, if there, if it's not an emergency, or if I can save up enough money to get that project done, I'd rather take that route. That way yeah. I don't have to pay out any interest and I'm not taking out a loan or a mortgage against my home. So it's kind of a second then and you're paying that back as well at the same time you're paying your house back? Is that Am I getting that right? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> well, that's Sometimes adding more bills out. to my bills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's why, that's what you, when I say about changing your mindset, Shireen, that's what I mean. The first thing that if we want to do anything, we automatically think about get a credit account, use a credit card, go get a loan, and I can get it done. I'm not saying that that's a bad way of doing it. Yes, that is one way of making to get the things that we need or the things that we want. Mm-hmm. I'm of the mindset. How about if I can save up money to buy it out right? I can't yeah. get it right now, but in about six months, yeah. I've saved up enough money and I can get it done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 my mindset. Now, like I said, it's not good or bad. I, it depends upon your situation. It depends upon uh, each individual. If it's a necessity, sometimes we need to draw off of doing a home equity line or using a credit card. But I'm of the mindset that if I can use my own money, let me use my own money. Uh, right. if, there's an emergency, if there's an emergency, that's why I recommend people have an emergency fund. Emergency fund is money put to the side for emergencies. You know, years ago, yeah. I, lost, I lost my job one time, Shereen. I was uh, basically consolidation and downsized, and I was out of work. And yeah. thank God we had an emergency fund set aside, you know, specifically to use to make sure that our mortgage, our utilities, food was taken care of over the course of so many different, over, over the course of several months just to give time for me to get reemployed again. Yeah. And, yeah, now I advise people to get an, establish an emergency fund. You know, start putting back $100 a month until you get up to the point to where you've built that account to where if something happens, you know if you lost your job or something like that, you have money set aside that you can live on at least for some months until you can get to your next, you know, position or next place of employment. And it's an emergency fund is my washer or my oven goes out. Well, I don't have to finance that. I can pour that money from my emergency fund and go buy me a new one. And I don't have to worry about putting right. it on a credit card, or open up a credit card account, or, or a store credit card to get it done. I'm using my right. own money. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, th- it's things like yeah. that that can 
Well, I have to agree with you. I have a, an account at a different bank than where my um, my Visa debit is at and that I bank at normally. And um, it's a savings account. There's no card attached to it. And that's where I, I save my extra money there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find and, it best not us- to attach anything to that. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know yourself better than anybody else. <laughs> yes, yes, and I know exactly yeah. what I would do. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I, thought about what he said about the HELOC, and I thought, you know, I don't want another bill. I'm not sure how he's talking about paying this off because that gives you another 10000 to redo your house, but you have to pay that 10000 off, and I don't know if that's being put into the – I didn't understand well, if it, it was being put into the uh, mortgage or, or how that was being played out. Well, actually, it would be looked at as a second mortgage. You have a yeah. primary or principal mortgage, and now you have a secondary mortgage on the, on the home itself. Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, one yeah. thing that he did say that I thought was uh, might be beneficial to some of my listeners is that, that a HELOC is only a few percentage. It's not as high as a credit card. Typically, that's correct. Yes, the interest rate is, is uh, definitely lower than what you would with a typical credit card. Typical credit card interest yeah. rate could be from... 18 to 21%, some as high as 25%. A HELOC, which is a lot of time is based upon the prime rate. You know, the prime rate could be, for, I forget now where it is right now, uh, but it's based upon the uh, Fed, what they call the Fed rate, lending rate, mm-hmm. uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, Fed rate. And that is, uh, it's like, uh, it's a floating rate, meaning, Every, you probably hear in the news the feds have just raised rates. Uh, uh, right. Part of the rate increase uh, can affect uh, the rates on home equity uh, type, uh, HELOCs type of products. So as prime, the prime rate adjusts, then the rate of your home equity line of credit will adjust. But typically, yes it is definitely lower than what a average credit card rate would be. But yeah, and he said something second, like around 5 or so percent. Is that right? That's that's not right, depending upon the lending institution, yes. But like I said, it's a second mortgage to your home, and you have to weigh the pros and cons. Uh, is it possible that you could save up? Over the course, even if it took you 12 months to get there, is it something that can wait or is it something that needs to be done right now? Is right. it a want? You know, it's just a lot of things to consider um, Yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah, and since I pay for my, you know, I'm working on my Ph.D., and since I'm paying for that out of pocket right now, um, I'm not going to get a HELOC until I have to. I've been saving money for it and paying it off you know, yeah. each class and stuff at this point. And, uh, uh, but that is a good backup plan, isn't it? Yes, it is. 
Just be, I always say, if you go that route, be diligent to pay it off. <laughs> right. Yeah, be, be diligent. diligent to pay it off. Yeah, be diligent to pay it off because when you look at interest, interest is money that's being made by that institution. Right. That's, and they I love mean, giving you the it, money because they make more off you than. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, go back to the, go back to my scenario with the average credit card debt of five thousand dollars with the eighteen to twenty one percent interest rate, and you're paying twenty dollars a month. When you do yeah. pay that off, you would have paid about ten or eleven thousand dollars total. Right. Break that down. Five thousand was the principal balance. The other five or six thousand is interest charges that went to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's it's kind of like one of these. Like, um, have you ever been to a rent-to-own um, furniture store? Yes. A friend of mine did that a few times. I'm like, you're paying three times for the same thing you can just get at Walmart for you know yes. two hundred dollars. Absolutely. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, definitely keeps a, a a thought process change, doesn't it? Yes, it changes the way you think. And like I said, it doesn't prevent you from getting what you want or getting what you need. It just helps you devise a different method of getting there that is less costly. Yeah. 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 I, well, I had I, a uh, yeah, I had a good friend uh that she loves to travel and she travels all over the world. So I asked her, you know, if I could, you know, spend some time with her on the phone to see how in the world she she's doing this. Cuz I'm thinking it would cost an arm and a leg to travel as much as she travels. Well, after spending about 30 minutes with her, she gave me some of the methods of how she's able to do this far less than what I had even thought of. So wow. now now when I, I have my bucket list of places that I want me and my wife to go in the future, I know how to do it now and don't have to pay as much money to, to uh, make it happen. Wow, you want to share that info? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Shereen, that'll be the next show. <laughs> that'll be the next show for sure, for sure. <laughs> I yeah, bet that's yeah. an hour long information. Oh too. gosh. Well, that's great. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in, any any way that I can help uh, people view uh, and utilize and manage money, uh, especially in an effective manner, that will help them reach their goals, help them accomplish their their mission help them pay down and get rid of debt, uh, help them enjoy life, like I said, to the fullest. That's what I'm all about. That's what I try to do. So. Yeah, and your show is absolutely wonderful. So tell us all the things that people can tune into and and, uh, and everything. What is the your Tuesday nights? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And my show is the Lionel Shipman. Shape Your Finances show uh, here on the same program, uh, the CWL Talk Network. And uh, the best way to keep up with the show 
if you go to my website at shipmanconsulting.com, I have created a page dedicated to the show, and it has a gallery of all the past guests that I've had on the show, but it also has a listing of all the shows I've done, you know, all the different topics from credit card to debt to shopping tips. I even, oh, yeah, I even had my wife on two or three shows, by the way. Uh, She's probably one of the best uh, shoppers or or helping people to shop uh, more economically. She's fantastic. I mean, I probably had more people responding to her than they did to me, and it's my show, but uh, but uh, you can catch, like I said, you can catch all those shows uh, on a week-by-week basis. But you can catch me on, I'm big on social media, so you can catch me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I also have a YouTube channel. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. And, uh, I do a lot of posting uh, weekly, uh, either about finances or money, but I do some uh, life skill training as well. So I do a lot of leadership type of postings, uh, things that would challenge you as a person to better yourself. And I also love focusing on having a heart to help other people. So you see a lot of postings and things like that. So that's how you can catch wow, me on my website. Yeah, yeah, website, shipmentconsulting.com. Like I said, uh, if you Google, I, I tell people this, if you Google my name, you'll, you'll find me. Uh, Lionel Shipman, yeah, I'm out there. Oh, yeah, and also my my book, uh, Sacred Vows, The Not or Not, you can get, I tell people you can get an autographed copy if you submit a request through my website. Uh, uh, you can get autographed copies. But it's also located in, on Amazon and um at Barnes and Noble. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show tonight and helping us out and in more ways than I actually anticipated. So I can't tell you how much we pre- uh, greatly appreciate your your comments and your your expertise and everything. So I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight and giving us more- tons of information to think about. Good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, Shireen, and the pleasure is all mine. And uh, anytime you need me, just let me know. Oh, you're an angel. All right. Well, thank you, and you have a good night. Thank you. You too. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Before closing, I want to um, tell you a little bit about who we're going to have next week. Um, I want to thank my listeners for coming on tonight, or listening tonight. And... Um, more of how we can prepare for the best experiences in life and prepare for the worst financially. Uh, next week, I'll be having an awesome person. Her name's Stacy Womack. She's the executive director of what's called ARMS, and ARMS stands for Abuse Recovery Ministry Services. It's more of a faith-based uh, recovery service, but I'll tell you right now, they have uh, the best facilitators. Uh, how I know is I took their classes right after I got out of my TV situation and they have she totally has us all together and right on target um, they're amazing and they helped me so much right after uh, I got out and so tune in next week at the same time that's 6 o'clock Pacific on Thursday 
7 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern, of course. And um, and see what they have to offer uh, victims and survivors. I do know that they are in Oregon. I know that they're in Washington. And I'm hoping she's uh, spread down to a few other uh, places. I think she might be in California, so we'll be talking to her about that. We'll be talking about her organization and what they offer uh, victims and survivors. So I want you all to have a good night, and please stay safe. Good night.